And welcome to the End Time Show for our End Time Bible Prophecy Podcast. Um, this podcast will be dealing with the coming death of the U.S. dollar and the rise of a one world currency, part one. Um, as we can see with current economic conditions here in the United States, inflation you see has been skyrocketing. We look at the prices of automobiles, prices of food, um, the prices for real estate, and just going out for uh, average meal has gone up. Um, we want to evaluate the current times that we live in and look at it from a biblical worldview and give spiritual insight what is taking place and what's going to take place in the near future. Uh, we've also seen during this pandemic uh, with COVID-19 that we've heard uh, world leaders and world economists talk about the Great Reset and what they're planning on is one of the factors is going to be a reset in a global one world um, digital currency which will be a prelude for the mark of the beast. So we definitely live in some very interesting times and we see that the Bible is being fulfilled. And we also, in this, we're gonna take a look on how inflation, one of the main things that's rising inflation is the stimulus money that's being issued by um, this administration, the Biden and administration, um, him and Camila um, Harris are signing all these stimulus packages and um, trillions and trillions of dollars is being added onto our national debt. Currently right now, the United States is uh, believe it's about $28 trillion um, deficit that's currently taking place. Um, last time that the United States has been debt-free, I believe Andrew Jackson was the president of the United States since around 1835, um, but our national debt outweighs our GDP. Um, we have to go back and realize the banking system primarily in the ancient times, is based off the Babylonian banking system, um, which is the modern credit and debit system, which originated in 5000 BC. Um, also, too, we have to realize that in ancient times, banks were centered in the religious temples. That's where they got the starts. Um, we look at uh, the Oracle of um Delphi. Delphi was very prominent because um, kings and leaders would come down to Delphi to get directions and um, get the future read by the oracle there at Delphi. But the most interesting thing um, that took place in Delphi, um, it became a very prominent banking system there um, until um, Christianity began to um, spread and it pretty much extinguished that system. So the current system that we're looking at is more or less a fiat um, 
money system. So let's look at fiat money versus asset-based um, backed currency because uh, we're once upon a time before the Federal Reserves was created here um, in the United States, which the Federal uh, Reserves is not a entity, it's not part of the government, it's an independent entity. Um, Lots of other things that we'll discuss in the future with Jekyll Island, um, the formulation of the Federal Reserves, and pretty much um, central banks are in control of most of the world governments because governments go to them to have money issued to them. And it is a system that goes all the way back to Nimrod and his wife, Semiramis, um, the Babylonian system, which we look in Book of Revelation, um, you can see um, the three prong, the three parts things. We can see um, the economic system of Babylon, which is um, the banking system, which that's a part of um, the religious system of Babylon and the governmental uh, system of Babylon, which creates a one world government, one world religion and one world currency. So fiat money is actually not money. It is paper printed by the government, which declares by law that is a legal tender and can be used to pay for goods and services. Fiat money is backed and, and by the trust of the people having the government, and that is issue the paper currency. Asset-backed currency is money issued by government that is backed by some asset like gold or silver. So initially the US dollar was backed by, I believe gold. Um, then um, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt began to tell people to turn in their gold and they'll just issue um, paper money. And we've been off um, that standard for a while. So it's it's pretty much the element when you're looking at banking and the occult and alchemy is um, creating money out of thin air, um, which again, this goes all the way. The system is definitely rooted in mystery Babylon, it goes all the way back to um, that system of, of Nimrod. Um, how does we, we need to ask the question, um, how does the fiat currency affect the economy? Um, number one, it makes our currency more susceptible to failure, it increases risk of inflation, which that's one of the things that we're seeing now. Um, people are getting these um, stimulus checks or uh, this money. Um, understand people are impacted by COVID, but people who continue to stay on unemployment, there's jobs out there. Um, you have certain people that have a mentality where they're like, hey, why do I need to go back to work? I'm, I'm making more money on, on collecting unemployment than, than working. They don't know the actual system that um, inflation plays a part. They're gonna have to, taxes eventually are going to be um, raised. The one thing that we may have to really monitor, not inflation, but we need to be prayerful and we need to be really 
uh, monitoring um, the situation that we don't reach a point where it's hyper um, inflation. I'm just using the example of hyper inflation takes place and um, a loaf of bread may be go from a dollar to like $20, you know, things like that. Um, we see also with inflation, which I forgot to mention, that's currently taking place, the prices of gas have gone up. But also another impact of the um, fiat currency, it gives the government more power than they should have, and it hurts the producers of real value. Let's move on. On the dangers of the fiat currency, the government controls all the money and we rely on the government too heavily. If the government goes bankrupt, our money is worthless and it creates a malign investment such as government issue bonds and disenfranchises the producers of real value. So those are the things that we run into with the fiat currency. Uh, why do fiat currencies fail? Um, these couple of reasons why they fail. The money isn't connected to anything. The government is free to print as much money as they see fit. And when they demand for money drops, inflation starts. So um, we see an influx of more dollars being printed out of thin air um, by the Federal Reserve's government issues, the stimulus packages and other things um, that they're doing. But it's um, creating more and more debt. And we, as the American people, the taxpayers, are going to have to pay that money back. Um, the government doesn't pay that money back. They use that by taking um, our taxes. So it's an interconnection with the Federal Reserves and the IRS, which the IRS is one of the most powerful institutions in this country because you don't pay your taxes. They can go in and grab your money out of your bank account, out your um, checks, um, out of your paycheck. So we see the impact which can occur. Um, another thing that happens um, when fiat currency fails is when large sums of debt is owed, the government print more money to pay it off which leads to hyperinflation. So when you continue to print more and more and more money um, to try to use that as a factor, the payoff debt, it eventually creates hyperinflation. Um, I wanna take a look at the writings of Johann Wolfgang von Goff, um, which he was an 18, and early 19th century German poet, um, playwright, novelist, and scientist. And he wrote this tragic play called Faust, which was in two, two parts. Um, and I wanna look at that because um, with the printing of paper money and the story of Faust, I believe it's part two that Goff writes, is very insightful what we're seeing. It's very insightful what we're seeing, what our administration is doing by just printing out just a bunch of droves of money, um, which we think it is um, resolving a issue, but in the long run is causing a much bigger issue. And besides this, America is not the only country that is in heavy debt. 
Um, lots of other countries are in heavy debt, man. That's why we see the potential of Revelation chapter 13, the formulation of that coming um, into play with the rise of the Antichrist, the two beasts, um, the Antichrist and the false prophet, and also to uh, overturn of a one world economic system that will take place. But false, um, Golf's character, false, is the protagonist of the classic German legend based on the historical um, Johann George Faust, which he lived from 1480 to 1540. So um, Faust is based on, um, it's a legend, but it's based on an actual historical German um, figure. Um, when we look at Faust, the actual character in Goff's writing, um, he was a successful, but yet he was dissatisfied. Uh, we see that in our country um, here in the United States. Um, people just want more and more and more and then never satisfy uh, what they have. Uh, Paul talks about how he learned how to be um, abound when he had plentiful and he learned how to be a base when he didn't hardly have anything. And we see that um, the, the, the main central theme in a lot of major Christian ministries here in the United States is living your best life now. Um, Word of faith, talking about uh, money, you know, and just other things and all, they don't go into the factor of the soon coming um, overhaul, which um, um, Schwab and all these other guys are talking about the great reset. This is coming into place with um, when hyperinflation begins to overtake the whole entire world and all these world um, governments begin to go bankrupt and can no longer make payments to these central banks, they're going to overhaul the whole economic system. But going back um, to Faust, Faust, again, he was dissatisfied yet successful um, with his life. So he goes down to this crossroads and he makes a pact with um, the devil, Mephistopheles. Um, and um, he exchanges his soul for unlimited knowledge and worldly pleasure. So he sold his soul. He made a deal with the devil. He sold his soul for unlimited knowledge and worldly pleasure pleasure. He was thinking about the then and now. So when we look at Goff's um, play, the second part of it, A False 2, um, here's a setting. Um, found this story um, in regards. It gives us pretty much a, a great summary of, of what takes place when governments continue to just print money out of thin air. Um, what exactly ends up coming to pass and ramifications of that we have to see. Um, number one, we have to know that that they say money doesn't grow on trees, but you sure can print it out. So we have to we have to be able to 
discern what's taking place and what exactly how our government is just printing all this money. And when we look at what Goff writes in part two of this two-part play, he states false opens in bankrupt court and a hedistic emperor. The royal treasurer reports that the coffers are still empty as the royal sellers, thanks to the regular parties and the luckiest court alchemists is still have all the lead, lead and no gold. The persuasive Mephistopheles, which is the devil, um, turns up and proposes another form of alchemy. So Mephistopheles shows up to this emperor, but he shows up in the guise of the court jester. So Satan is a master of disguises and other stuff and deception. So he shows up and the dead burden emperor is intrigued. I'm sick and tired of how and when we're short of money. So make it then. The notes are signed by the emperors sparked a consumer boom where half of the world seems obsessed with eating well and other half was showing off new clothes. So um, I'm going to pause right there. So we're looking at this, that the alchemist finding another way of turning paper, um, paper into money, and it causes consumer boom when people are getting the stimulus money, going out buying cars, buying clothes, buying big flat screen TVs and other things and all. It caused a consumer boom, but there's something very, very destructive behind that when you have that type of thinking. And even, even the most average church person has this mentality and you're living from paycheck to paycheck and you get a little bit of extra money. They're not seeing the overall picture of uh, the economic, of the economic um, system. So, only after Mephistopheles and his partner Falls vanish does anyone notice the value of the notes refer not to any real equivalent. Gold in a vault, for instance, but the promise of gold yet to be mine. Let's read on. When Mephistopheles returns to the emperor's court, raising doubts about the phantom money, he helped create inflation and takes hold and the economic disaster looms. Faust, meanwhile, has invested his proceeds from the paper money scheme and land reclaimed from the sea. So we see how the devil and Faust, they influence the emperor because the emperor is, is, doesn't know how to budget wisely um, with the economic system over his his country, and he finds a quick way of making money by printing it, but it's not backed by anything. It's it's, it's worthless. It's printed out of thin thin air, and it and eventually it causes a economic crash that takes place. Now. 
when we go over and we look at just here in America, the 1980s, the medium household income was $46,995 in the USA. 32 years after that, when we speed up to 2012, it increases only to 9% to $51,371. Yet, in that same 32-year period, the median price of new homes rose by 47%. The consumer price index rose by 250%. And expenses for medical service rose by 575%. So with all this being said, people are people with inflation, prices of homes has risen. A lot of things have risen. Even average candy bar has risen. Um, I was much young, a youngster, I believe. Um, back in the day, you can get a candy bar for 25 cents. Now, I believe it's up to a dollar, dollar twenty-five. Um, it's gone up so drastically. You can buy a car back in the day for a few thousand dollars. Now the average car, brand new, will run you almost twenty thousand dollars or more. Um, Proverbs chapter um, twenty-two, verse seven. It talks about the bar is a slave to the lender. So we can look in American society when we are actually slaves to the lender. Uh, we borrow money for cars, which people do need cars to get transportation um, to get around. We borrow money to buy houses, which is an honorable thing that you need uh, a home and shelter to put your family um, into, um, we need food, those are essential things, but we are a people who don't really properly budget our money. Even people that are in the church um, don't properly budget their money. Um, I've been in meetings where people are under the guise when these false prophets come in and um, they tell you if you sow a certain seed, um, like if it's Psalms 991, sow a seed of $91 and um, the Lord's gonna protect you. He's gonna give you this tremendous breakthrough. It does not work like that. Um, here's an article, 2015 by Yes Magazine. Um, it's issue 75. And the title of the article is The Debt Issue. And it says that the average auto loan in America is $30,738. The average credit card debt among indebted households in the U.S. was $15,863. So here we see how people are really in serious debt. The average car loan close to $31,000. And we see that people are in credit card debt because you're paying um, compound interest. So when you go out and you use a credit card to even go pay 
for a meal at McDonald's and it's $8 and you use the credit card to, to go ahead and purchase that hamburger, um, you're not spending $8 because you're paying interest on that. So you're paying more back to the lender. So you have people who are, um, sometimes people are, are we're so much image driven by social media and other things and all where people go out and buy these extravagant cars so they can impress people who after a while can care less. And instead of utilizing certain things, hey, let me budget this. Um, if I don't have it, I'll just wait and save up. Uh, people don't utilize <laughs> layaway anymore. People are out and consume, consume, consume. People don't try to put their money to good use and invest it in certain areas so their money can grow. So they're using hard-earned money or they're borrowing money and then you're paying interest back. Um, you have to realize too, you get an auto loan and it's 28% and you're financing, let's say, for example, I'm just throwing numbers out there. I'm not doing calculations. I'm just trying to have you visualize and picture um, what takes place. You finance $15,000 um, and you're doing it for a five or six year term. You're going to eventually end up spending double, almost $30,000 that you're going to spend it for that vehicle because you're paying the bank back that money. That money is going back to the bank. The bank is reaping the benefits um, all from it. And that money, that's, that interest is being paid, is not going back into the um, economy. It's slowly going into the pockets of the banks. So, again, when we look at Proverbs 22 and 7, it says, And the rich, the rich are to be rulers, not enslaved. So, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. So, when we see this, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. I'm reading the New International Version. So um, it's, I believe, the people, the most richest people on this planet, it's about 1% or less than 1% on this whole, you're talking about billions and billions of people uh, who live on this planet who who own the majority of the things and have so much money and power that we are slaves to the system. And again, the system goes all the way, this debt to credit system goes all the way back to Babylon. Um, also too, the average student loan was $33,090. So a lot of people are in student loan debt. Um, you go, you spend four years in college, you uh, rack up um, student loan debt. Um, some people are in the excess of a hundred some odd thousand dollars, but then you get out of school, you spend all this time in school, you're only making like maybe 50 $50,000 a year or something like that. And you're trying to scramble around to pay off the student loan debt. And you're not even making the much money, as much money that you took out, 
you're not making as much money to try to pay that student loan off. So again, you're a slave to the lender. The average home mortgage balance was $156,584. Um, savings in 2015, 59% of Americans had less than $500 in savings. And the average personal savings rate in 1980s was 10.5%. And in 2015, it was 5.4%. So people save less money. They make a little bit more money, but they save less money. And the average, close to 60% of Americans only save less than 500. They have less than $500 in their savings. So you see this all the time. Um, Dave Ramsey does an excellent job of talking to people about budgeting and saving. And we always, as the old saying is, keeping up with the Joneses, trying to impress people, um, getting in all this debt. Um, we become slaves to the lender when we have a bunch of credit cards um, that we're using these credit cards to finance a certain lifestyle, um, to try to portray ourselves in a certain way, um, we become in serious um, debt and a slave to the lender when we go and we buy extravagant cars. Um, cars depreciate in value soon as you drive them off the lot. So it's a liability. It's not an asset. So People think like, hey, I'm going to go down, I'm going to buy me a Mercedes, I'm going to buy me a BMW, and I'm going to buy all these fancy cars, and you have three or four different cars, and you're paying, you're paying the auto loan on all these things, and your vehicle is depreciating. And again, people get in consume mode where they become dissatisfied after a year or two, or even sometimes less than that with the car, I'm gonna trade it in. So they trade it in and they have negative equity that they roll into another vehicle, which say for example, they have eight to $10,000 negative equity. They roll it into another car loan, which that goes on top of the new car that they're buying. So the banks are making more and more money. So it's like a snowball effect where you keep on rolling debt, rolling debt, rolling debt and just other stuff. and you're living from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. And I've seen people that make six figures, but don't hardly have a dime afterwards because so much of their money is spent on things and other stuff that they're not fully, fully, um, what's the word I want to say? Um, save up money, put stuff away, live live a frugal lifestyle and just other things that we can see from biblical principles. So we live in the times that we live in, the soon coming death of the US dollar is, we, we see the hand writing on the wall, which um, as a believer, we need to be prayed up. We need to be really seeking the face of the Lord to give us wisdom. Um, let us 
that we seek wisdom to be like Joseph was in the land of Egypt, like Daniel was in Babylon and in Persia, having supernatural Holy Spirit wisdom that God really endows us and not being in love with this world system. Because I'm telling you, um, what we're seeing now is calm before the storm and saints of God are so distracted and not seeing what's taking place um, from um, the government aspect of what's taking place worldwide, what's taking place within um, the religious system, people making um, ecumenical alliances and all, and just other things and all. Um, you've seen um, high profile gospel or Christian music artists um, leaving the faith, saying that they never believed in God and um, going into all other things and people incorporating Eastern religion that's so so-called supposed to be so-called Christians. So formulation of a one world government and with the economic system that's taking place with COVID has really impacted um, the world, not just with the virus itself, but the economic system, things are ready to be overhauled. So um, tune in for part two. Uh, we'll be doing that soon. Um, God bless. This is the end time show for our 